Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It's time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 160. We are live, really, quite frankly, live. In the in, same room. In Washington, D.C., somewhere in Washington, D.C. Yeah. We, it is December 12th, 2013. We are at Motive East, somewhere somewhere outside of Washington. McLean, McLean Virginia. Virginia, at the Gannett Center. At the Gannett Center. Yes. That's where we are, right here. We are right here. We are live. For those of you who are not watching or just listening or just tuning in, you're missing us live in the same room. Sharing the same camera, and I'm not very comfortable with this at all. <laughs> at all. Usually we get to throw barbs at each other from a distance. I know. Yeah. Now now I feel a little uncomfortable about actually telling the truth. Uh, this yeah. is episode 160. We yeah. have a jam-packed show. We are, as we said, we are in uh, Washington uh, talking uh, live. We're about to actually, ne- tomorrow, the day after we record this, we're going to go up and do our presentation um, on all things location and location-based marketing and, uh, and a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're hoping that Exciting. there's a good room. Yeah, I think so. I Maybe hope eight, so. Eight or nine, eight or nine people. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we'll get more than that. Ten or eleven? Yeah, come on. Well, we got a good show. Like uh, so far, uh, impressions of where we are here, uh, what's going on. Uh, my impression right away, just based on the fact that we just sat down with this guy, Barg. Uh, smart people in this place. Smarter there are smart people. Than me. There's yeah. There's a lot. I mean, yeah. He says. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I met some. Uh, there's a hackathon going on here as well, uh, which. Uh, Runs over over these two days and uh, and gets gets judged on Saturday, uh, and I met some of these guys this morning. Some of these programmers. I mean, li- literally, there were two 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 kids that like we're twelve or thirteen uh, in here that are part of this hackathon. So uh, there's smarts all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just honored to be here. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be with you, Rob. It's good. Like I, yeah. I like this. I can get yeah. used to this. Although I, I, you know, what? I don't think we have the budget to actually uh, do this live in Toronto or in Ottawa. No. every week, but. Uh, you know, perhaps that's a Christmas present from you guys out there listening or watching right now. Yeah. You know, Sponsor the show. Yeah, and we will be able to do this live. We will. You can yeah. see this togetherness, right? Brotherly love around location. But if you can't sponsor the show, which I don't understand why you can't, uh, at least you can do for Christmas for us is to go to iTunes or wherever you download this fine podcast and actually give us a rating. Five stars or greater. If you can possibly give us greater than five stars, that would be wonderful. And leave a comment. But if you don't give us five stars, reach out, robertontether.tv or cfatthelbma.com and let us know what we're doing wrong to not warrant those five stars. 160 episodes into this. That's like three in a, in a bunch of years. So uh, yeah. come on. Consecutive. Consecutive. So Anyhow. We've got a great show. Um, we do. We're going we're gonna to start, uh, obviously, with our mobile minute from uh, Chuck Martin, uh, where he's going to tell us, enlighten us with something to do with the retail space and location and, uh, and mobile and payments. Uh, we have uh, six stories that are coming up. We have a great guest that we just sat down with. His name is Barg Upender. He is the founder of MobileMo. And a uh, great, great, great story here around wearable technology. In fact, he's wearing his Google Glass while he's doing this, recording the whole thing from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have, of course, our resource of the week. And our app of the week is Heyday. But before we get into any of that, here is Chuck Martin with our Mobile Minute. Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. Uh, If a strong majority of us are carrying our devices into the stores with us, what are we doing with them once we're in there? 
Uh, yeah, you're right. 70% of consumers have their smartphones with them in stores. Uh, in some new re research from my friends over at UsableNet, what they found was uh, what people are doing, they want to look at the U U.S. and U.K. market, so that it's a very, very large study, and they found that 79% of U.S. shoppers are using their phones for browsing and shopping websites and apps, and by usage in store, um, here's the breakdown, 84% messaging or emailing a friend, 71% compare product prices, 64% are using social networks, and 51% are checking customer reviews. So what, they, what the usable net people found was that 51%, the majority of shoppers, you are doing product research on their smartphones, which is really consistent with all the studies that I've seen. So out of this whole website versus app piece, which is the most influential in a buy decision? Yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> the, <laughs> nice. the point is everything is influential in the purchase decision. You can't ignore mobile because it's being used throughout the mobile shopping life cycle. And if you only measure the transaction at the end, you're really missing the bigger picture. Chuck Martin, folks, he didn't come with us to Washington. He's busier, right? He's, he's got other things to do, but we appreciate him letting he's us. He's making use money, and yeah. we're not. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> is this the Christmas begging show? Could be. Oh, Chuck. Yeah. Chuck, be Chuck, be Chuck. like that little kid in, uh, you know, Christmas Carol. <laughs> Dickens. Pull a, spare some pennies, sir. Spare some pennies. I think he's begging for food. Mm -hmm. um, so that, uh, Chuck, thank you for doing that. I mean, you may regret actually coming on the show ever, 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 but we appreciate that he allows us to use those clips here, and I love the fact that he does it each and every week with me on Untether.tv. So subscribe, damn it. Merry Christmas. Um, so uh, a great app of the week here. This is now featured on uh, everywhere, it, uh, on iTunes and certainly the Google Play Store. It's, a, it's an app called Hey Day, H-E-Y-D-A-Y. And uh, this is it. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to see it, but you, for those of you who are watching very closely, you'll see right there, that is actually uh, Barg, who is our guest, uh, just recorded here with a CF. This is a really cool tool. It basically, with your permission, ties into your social networks, ties into your photos on your phone, ties into your location, and then actually keeps a running diary, a running log of where you have been, when you have been. And, uh, you know, it, it draws attention, like memoir we talked about before. Mm -hmm. It draws out some of the things, some of your memories as well, some of the things that you actually did previously. So a year ago you were here, and here's a photo of this. And I think that this is one of these great little applications, very simple, very easy to use, but highly, highly customizable. Like it'll show you here, if you can, as I zoom in there, for those of you who are watching, you'll see that I was at the Crown Plaza, Tyson's Corner this morning. I'm at Washington Dulles International Airport, and I was at the Ottawa McDonald Cartier International Airport at 4.40 this morning. That's Eastern time. That's, that's a long day. Um, but I really like this kind of thing. It means that I actually remember where I've been. Because I'm an yeah, old, old dude. You know, and, and I say this all the time. I mean, I still check in on Foursquare everywhere I go. But... If you've watched any other previous episodes, the previous 159 episodes of the show that Rob and I do, you know we're not the biggest fans of Foursquare. No. Um, but, you know, the one piece of value I still get out of it is it's got nothing to do with badges or coupons or deals, but it is that history of being able to go back and look at where was I, what was the name of that restaurant I was at, you know, six weeks ago in Atlanta. And, and so I think apps like this, like Heyday, that are, you know, are you know, creating this journal of your life, of where you've been, and the content associated with those locations you know, are extremely valuable, right? Um, you know, I think even before we had technology and digital and all this kind of stuff, you know, you know, the idea of scrapbooking and all that kind of stuff you know, still resonated with people, right? Um, and lots of people kept journals and did that. So you know, this is effectively a digital version of that that is rich in content and tied to your location and your history. And I, you know, I love that kind of thing. 
Yeah, you know, it's also an alibi. That's how I look at it. It's an, an alibi. alibi, right? Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't have been there because heyday. I was said, here. I didn't kill that person. Yeah. I was you, in Washington. You think, you think we can fake that somehow? McLean? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, you can. You used to be able to do that with Foursquare, right? Mm-hmm. So I was in McLean, Virginia. How could I have killed that person? Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's why you should be using it, criminals. So it, this is available everywhere. If you're watching this, you know. Go to the iTunes store. Go to uh, Google Play. You can download it and start using it right away. I, I really like it. It's a great, 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 beautiful app. And you can do so much with it. Um, and again, it keeps history for you know, us old geezers who don't remember where we were. Well, him anyways. Yes. Coming I'm in old. from San Francisco. Yeah. 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 Then walking from Baltimore. <laughs> right yeah. into here. I can't believe I did that. But anyways... So that is, um, yeah. So go and download a great, great heyday, H-E-Y-D-A-Y. I uh, love it. Beautiful interface. That's our app. Excellent. All, All right. right. Stories, Let's get man. Into our stories. So, stories. So our first story this week comes to us from the University of California, Berkeley, uh, and a group of uh, researchers there have uh, developed a new method of doing indoor location positioning. And not a new method. We Well, not a new method, but um, an interesting method that is, is very different than all the other methods that we've talked about on this show before, which have been Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or mag- even magnetics, you know, or all the beacon stuff. So what these guys do, and it, it's actually quite simple. And it's they concept. went simple. I they like went that. simple, which is they go into a store or whatever the building is, uh, and they take photos of the entire place and panoramas and high-res uh, imagery. And then they, they store this info. Um, and, and basically, the, the, the smartphone app that is connected to this, you know, as you're moving around a store as a consumer, um, it, it's capturing data from your camera lens and then matching that up against the, uh, you know, the, the, image, the, the image data that's stored. That's and, pretty cool. And, and able to determine your position based on that. So, you know... Uh, Simple, but, you know, I think could be quite effective. You think this is kind of like for elite stores, like high-end stores that, uh, that don't want to do that kind of, st- like the traditional GPS or want more accuracy within the store? Because it seems like there's also a lot of work that's involved here, right? you got to f- take photos of the you, interior you of the do. stores. You do. Um, and I think, you know, one of the, chal- the obvious challenge with this is, is that, you know, you, you take all that imagery and, you know, what happens if, you know, you rearrange your store, right? <laughs> then you got to do it all again, right? So... But conceptually, you know, especially in areas where, where it's pretty fixed, uh, you know, I think this, this is, an, you know, could be an interesting way to do this. And, it, and you know, for scenarios where you, you have, you know, with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, you have capital cost issues uh, in terms of hardware to install. Yeah. You know, this can uh, conceivably get around some of those things, right, in terms of enabling this in a, uh, in a, in a slightly different, you know, much lower cost way. I think uh, simplicity is key here, and uh, that's what uh, that's what I like about this story. Yeah. Simplicity. You got to yeah. just think. And, and while everybody's focusing on the technology, everybody focuses on technology, right? I need I need you know moats and beacons and smartphones and cell phones. And, you know, here's here here's, we go. Here's Let's an, just do this with images. Yeah. Maybe Instagram will get into this. Yeah. Business. Maybe, imagine imagine trying to get funding for that. Like okay, we're just gonna take. I don't think you can we're get just gonna take pictures. We're yeah. just gonna take pictures. Um, well, where's the cool? Yeah. All right. And so our second story is kind of related to this. It's also about indoor location, and, but this time we're talking about beacons. And and so here comes you know a- Apple's kind of come out with their iBeacons and legitimized the market and created a lot of excitement around it. But here comes some of the sort of more traditional companies like Qualcomm. So Qualcomm is uh, you know has this thing called the gimbal which is their version of the beacon technology and uh, you know have basically publicly launched this out and you, you can buy these things everywhere now I think it's five dollars or ten dollars depending on which model uh, you want per beacon 
So the cost, you know, uh, points are, are pretty reasonable. Um, they can track, you know, within 50 meters of a beacon. And I think they've they focused with the, with their the way the software works on, on against their beacon technology. Uh, one of the one of their things is really about the privacy piece around this, and and you know, enabling the 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 retailer or the, or the you know the property owner who is using this to to you know provide you know strict controls around opt in, opt out, and engagement around these things, which hasn't been there necessarily in right. in the Apple technology or or something. No, it's just else. out there. Uh, it's just out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, so I think that's interesting. The other thing, just because we're talking about Qualcomm, is Qualcomm actually has uh, a whole another part of the organization that's focused on augmented reality, and um, it'd be interesting to see if they can combine, you know, the gimbal <laughs> technology with AR in some way. So you walk into the uh, store and you're greeted by an yeah, augmented reality. Yeah, I think that'd be really neat. Um, so. Who knows? Who knows if, they, if that's what's next uh, or, or potentially on the roadmap for, uh, for Qualcomm. But, well, uh, they should get together with Tetley, right? They should. We're going to be talking Fifth about Tetley yeah. Yeah, later you know, on. You know, I, one, one of the things around iBeacon that was really surprising to me, and, and uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, is that, uh, and maybe you do, and I'm the last guy to know, to know this, but um, holy cow, uh, every device that has iOS installed is iBeacon enabled by, yes. by default. And, uh, you know, so you don't need any hardware technically to run iBeacon. Right? You just need you, you're basically in proximity of somebody else, and if you have a, a piece, an application like Apple's right. app, basically what ends up what ends up happening is that um, it's enabled off the bat. So when you walk into an Apple store, if you've ever done this, yeah. walk into an Apple store and you walk up to the iPads, they're all beacon enabled, iBeacon enabled, and it knows that you're there because you have downloaded the Apple app and it, it just it's activated. Yes. No hardware requirements inside of the stores. No nothing. Just software. Yeah, I mean, effectively, every Apple device has a everyone built into it. It's like a right? hidden mesh network. Yeah, and it's like they basically built it. They're like, what? <laughs> and then they they release it into the world, and they're like, what do you mean? Oh yeah, three hundred and thirty million devices all yeah. connected. Oh my yeah. God, this is. Anyways, it's, it's brilliant. So Maybe that was Cisco simple. might get worried. I would be worried. Yeah. I, like you know, what I start to think about the implications of that around carriers and around all that kind of stuff, and uh, and this is, yeah, good, good yeah. lord. Our next story is really exciting, though. Yes, this is a Canadian company. Canadian company. Canadian company. WestJet. You've watched this video. It's playing right now. You've watched this video a thousand times. It's been it's on been, CNN. It's been everywhere. Like week. two and a half million people yeah. in the three days have uh, have watched this video. Uh, this is an amazing thing. If you've been a cocoon which I highly doubt. I'll give you a very quick summary of what it is. It is WestJet. I think they flew from Toronto to Winnipeg. I think that's what it was. Or Calgary was the end destination. Toronto to, to Calgary. Yeah. And uh, in Toronto, they p built this basically this huge screen, and it was a real-time Santa screen. So you walk up, and they said, uh, you know, you were supposed to go up and, and, and ask Santa. Sc scan your boarding pass. Scan your boarding pass. Yeah. Ask Santa what you wanted for, you know, tell Santa what you wanted for Christmas. So there's a video of Santa, and he would say, like, hi, Billy. He would call you by your name, and it was amazing, already just great. People, one by one, would go up in front of him, ask exactly what they wanted for Christmas. Scan the boarding pass and say what I wanted for Christmas. That was it. Everybody boards the plane goes off into Calgary and then this video shows as you see right now basically all this entire team running to go and buy what everybody wanted and get it inside to Calgary or buy it in Calgary and get there so when they when everybody arrived in Calgary a number of hours later they land they go to get their bags and out come all these presents and the presents and Santa comes out and snow starts to fall as you're seeing and everybody's happy and they got what they asked for in Toronto unbelievable way better than uh, than what was the one that the um, 
the squats, 30 squats in 30 Russia. 30 squats in <laughs> right? Russia for They had for to work to get on it. These yeah. guys just ask for like a full, you know, big screen TV. Yeah, and somebody actually got a big screen TV. It's insane. Uh, whatever, some, yeah, it, it was really cool. So, um, and, you know, they mobilized. You know, I mean, WestJet, WestJet's headquartered in Calgary. Yeah. Um, so they mobilized 175 of their staff to go and, and buy all these gifts. Uh, and, you know, when I read this, it, it reminded me, you know, this isn't the first time an airline's done something like this. I mean, KLM yeah. does this it's stuff it's like all the time, all the yeah. time at Skipple. Yeah. So they, KLM did the uh, KLM surprise uh, two years ago. Yeah, we which, covered it. Which basically was... You know, a, a non-physical, you know, screen-based thing uh, as this is, but the same concept. So what they did was is they knew who was there at the gate uh, waiting to, to catch a, a KLM flight based on Foursquare data or Twitter data or wherever else. And then they had people sitting in a back room tracking this stuff. And they didn't, it wasn't based on what you asked for, but it was based on them scouring your Facebook profile and your LinkedIn profile and figuring out that, you know, you know Rob, Rob drinks a lot of red wine. And so he does. They, they they pick you know a nice bottle of red wine and they like sent sent an employee over to the gate and said, hey Rob, thanks for your business. Here's a bottle of red wine. So, um, yeah, I mean this is all about how how we understand you know where where our customer is, where the prospect is uh, from a location perspective. You know, pull the data together, whether it's them saying what they want in the case of WestJet, or which is or, a lot easier than trying inferring to surmise, it, you know, from yeah. other other things. But you know, and, and being able to, to you know create an experience. It's an experiential marketing exercise. You know, tied to location and context, right? Uh, and I love this stuff. You know, it is a lot easier though to ask what you want. It is right then, then to is. go through all that kind of yeah. inference and and, yeah. and try to figure out through your social graph where you've been. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 in the end, it has the same effect. It's still, yes. it, it's still, it, it still surprises the customer. I think it's it, it's interesting though the tw the KLM Twitter Foursquare yeah. pieces, where you know you didn't ask for anything, but you got it was total surprise. What you already liked, it's total yeah. surprise, right? So, so I like that piece too. Unless uh, um, you know, I'm just a recovering alcoholic, and uh, yeah. I'm not supposed to be drinking red exactly. wine. Exactly. I'm just tweeting it, drunk tweeting. Woo happens. Happens to all of it us. It does happen. Come on. All right. But if you haven't seen the video, you've just seen a good portion of it, just do a search. And if you've been in a cocoon or a coma, we're really sorry. But yeah. uh, this is, you're emerging at the right you time know, to watch this video. And WestJet, you know, for all of us Canadians, even though Rob and I are, you know, in, in, uh, in D.C. at the moment, yeah. uh, for all of us Canadians, thank you for taking the focus off of Rob Ford and putting it onto something else. Bravo. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bravo. Yes, giving Canada, it's like, you know, I was doing an episode of Untethered uh, and they said, oh, you know, American Jet was the uh, response. No, 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 no. Right. WestJet from Canada. Yes. Canada. All right, those are the first three stories. Uh, we had great stories. University of uh, California, Berkeley, testing indoor images as a location, as an alternative to, to figure out where your location is. Qualcomm and their gimbal sensors and WestJet doing Santa Claus. It is time for our guest. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, Barg Upender, who is the yep. uh, founder and the chairman of a company called Mobomo, Mobomo, just sat down with the Seif and had an amazing conversation around it wearables and uh, smart, and smart, smart people at this conference. Very smart. So we're going to yeah. cut to him, and here is uh, Barg Upender of Mobomo. All right. Well, it's that time of uh, of the show uh, where we get to have a special guest. And this week, because we're here live at the uh, the Gannett Center, uh, we we have access to all kinds of phenomenal speakers. And so today, uh, I'm sitting down with uh, Barg Upender, who's the founder of Mobomo. Uh, he's uh, one of the speakers here uh, this week. And uh, yeah, great to great to uh, be with you and chat with you. Maybe you can tell us uh, a little bit about uh, what Mobomo is. Oh yeah, great to be here. 
Um, so Mobomo is a mobile apps company. Yeah. Uh, we started over five years ago in the early days of iPhone and Android. Um, we build iPhone apps, Android apps, uh, uh, responsive websites, pretty much full stack at this, at this point. Um, we're a global product development company, so what we do is we build innovative products uh, for startups as well as corporations. Um, and, uh, you know, we just love building products. And it seems from, like, looking at your site and whatnot that a lot of the work that you're doing is kind of government uh, services-based. Um, yeah, that, we were, uh, when we first started, uh, we were 100% um, commercial company. Right. Uh, we thought we are going to strike it rich on the uh, iPhone app store. Um, and we tried several games and several platforms. Uh, but they weren't as successful as people coming to us and saying, hey, you built that cool app, can you build one for us? Mm -hmm. And so we really got traction on sort of building products for other people. So we ran with it. Um, we're about 50 people right now. Um, we're, uh, you know, one of the fastest growing companies uh, in Inc. 500. Um, Excellent. So, yeah, that's where the traction So is. obviously this show and, and the organization that I run, the Location-Based Marketing Association, we're focused on, you know, the relevance of location and geo uh, targeting and, and, and all of that. I mean, yeah. you must have an interesting perspective with, you know, the work that you're doing, the apps that you're doing about, you know, how, does, how is location, you know, starting to kind of yeah. be relevant yeah. in, in your world? Yeah, so no, that's a great question. In fact, the very first app uh, that we built, uh, it was called Traffic Tweet. Okay. Um, it was a... Uh, one of the first location-based services apps um, and uh, we got a lot of press for it when we launched it and the idea was that you can crowdsource traffic information mm -hmm. uh, using your iPhone so if you are driving down um, it's, it's a lot like Waze now okay you know? uh, basically if you're driving down and you see a traffic jam you can just press a button and uh, it will alert the people around you that there's a traffic jam so it relied on uh, location-based services. At that point, Twitter, uh, so we used the Twitter as mm -hmm. the uh, sort of the back end, really, if you want to think about it. Um, so we broadcasted it out on Twitter using a special hashtag. Uh, at that point, we, uh, Twitter didn't have uh, uh, location inside the tweets. So we actually had to sort of encode that, you know, as part of the hashtag. And, and still, they don't really. I mean, to some extent. I mean, yeah, they just had announced a partnership yesterday with Pitney Bowes around, you know, being being able to actually uh, embed that location data right into the yeah into the yeah, tweet now. Exactly. So, yeah. So that that's interesting. And so we started as a location based, and so that was the you know the app, and then uh, so the what when I tackled the traffic um, uh, app, uh, Google at that point was not doing local. Uh, traffic. They were doing more like highway traffic and stuff. Uh, so that was going to be the big uh, advantage for the traffic tweet. Um, and then soon after, like Google did announce local traffic, and then now you can see the red, yellow, green on even local traffic. Hmm. Uh, so that's when we pivoted and we went into more sort of services-based company. Um, also, just to you know, the, the now we're about 50-50, 50, 50, 50 federal, you know, 50. Um, uh, percent and commercial uh, and so I guess if you're in the DC area you have to do some government work you know so uh, but you know even in the, within the government we build some of the most unique apps out there um, sure Brian will be talking about uh, the the Navy app which is cross-platform mm -hmm. that really brings all the uh, information to soldiers and their families 
And what do you think about the kind of the whole space around beacon technology and in, in indoor location and uh, and all that? Is that something that you're starting to see? Yeah, yeah. I need so, to build for. Yeah, no. So exactly, and I think one of the things that the mobile phones have done is uh, suddenly GPS became prevalent. Everybody, mm -hmm. you know, wanted to know where and all that stuff, right? What I'm seeing now, even with the wearable technology and things, right? Like I'm wearing a Google Glass. Right. Um, what I'm seeing is that um, now, not only can you tell where I am, uh, but now you can say if I'm lying down or what my head is pointing to and things. In fact, um, there are even games like a missile command games on these things where you can look up at the sky and you have these virtual. Um, bombs coming down at you and you can stare at them and, and blow them up. Um, so the, the point is now not only are you just uh, where you are but you can also tell what else is happening uh, with you um, you know whether you're lying down or whether you're looking up and, and all that stuff um, uh, including things like Fitbit and uh, Nike fuel bands and all those stuff they're capturing you know what your arm is doing you know mm -hmm. they've um, so I think now we're not only getting to the location, but even more details about what your body is doing. So it's almost like micro location in some sense. And is, is there a role? I mean, one of the things that, that we've talked about on the show, uh, Rob and I have talked about a lot, is kind of the role that some of these wearables could potentially play around authentication and security uh, and things like that. Not just you know sort of visualizing content. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, exactly, and I think I, can, I think you can do that. But one area that I'm focusing sort of more on is uh, more quantified self and mm -hmm. just uh, measurement of the body. In particular, I found out that I have sleep apnea, which means I stop breathing uh, in the middle of the night and stuff. And I didn't even know I had it. Right. Um, so I'm actually building these little prototypes uh, using Arduino chips and uh, measuring my breathing. Um, measuring also like if I'm sleeping sideways or on mm -hmm. my back um, because when I'm sleeping I don't know yeah. I thought I was sleeping well but um, these now these sensors can tell with the XYZ uh, accelerometer they can tell if I'm sideways or on my back and uh, and how fast I'm moving and all that stuff or how much of a restful sleep mm -hmm. I have and you can take all of that data and then you know Represent it as you know. Here's your sleep um, sleep quality. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I love the fact that you're looking at you know sort of all the sensors in, in the in the phone, not just you know exactly the GPS yeah. or the. And in fact, it's you know we're building custom sensors outside right. of the phone. So uh, basically, um, you know, it's something that you wear, like a, say a T-shirt, for example. It could measure heart rate. Uh, it could derive like breathing information from that. And then it'll pass it on to your phone through Bluetooth LE. Um, and then that's acting as a sort of a local. It'll do a nice display and everything. And then it'll send the data off to the cloud. So it's kind of a nice symbiosis of all of this stuff. Um, for example, we could, like I have a Nest thermostat. Okay. So uh, if you have a cool uh, temperature, uh, you will sleep better. Okay. So now you can actually measure. Uh, how better sleep you had because it's cooler. So you can you can experiment mm -hmm. on yourself. You know, you can say like, well, if it's seventy degrees, I slept this well. If it was, you know, six so or five it's degrees, like, it's like human human A/B testing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've known friends yeah. uh, who drank a beer, yeah. you know, uh, before going to sleep, and and thought that that would put them to sleep. It actually increase it makes them more restless and stuff. So. Right. 
so not a good idea, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, maybe wine, so we'll have to test that. But you can do all these testings. You can like you can say, well, if I sleep sideways, would my snoring be less? You can measure that. You know, so I think so. That's why I think the location. Um, even just this micro location stuff, just where your body is, respect to um, you know the world. Is, yeah, and, is and what's important. what's relevant contextual at that time. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, again, we've been sitting down with uh, Bar Gupinder uh, from Mobomo, uh, and just we want to thank you so much for taking uh, some time out of your day and joining us on this week in location-based marketing. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Yeah. yeah. And now you understand why we were so excited about having Barg on. Boy, oh boy, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. There's a lot of smart people here. That's what yeah. I keep saying. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Speaking of smart, look what we have in front of us. Transition, like time stood still for you. But Let's just take smart people and dumbs them down. That's what this is. This is yeah. <laughs> Inhibition's gone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we took a little bit of a break uh, after uh, Barg, and we are back to finish up the show right now. The second half of the show, we got three stories, of course. We got some funding news, huge funding news, and our resource of the week. We're going to start, uh, what's our fourth story? Mohiva? Mohiva. Mohiva. Yes. Yeah, so Mohiva is a great company, a fantastic sort of premium ad network uh, play out there. And they partnered up with a company we've talked about a lot on, on this show over the over the last three years, uh, which is Retailigence. And so uh, Retailigence is a company you might know that is all about um, accessing real-time product inventory data in stores. And so you, you couple that now with Mohiva's ad network play, and all of a sudden now you see a mobile ad, and you can determine right away whether that product's actually available in the store near you, right? So it's you know location-based content, uh, product inventory, combining that with the with the ad display, and now you go from you know sort of what potentially is a bad experience in that I see a mobile ad and I actually want the product, and I click on it, and I, maybe I go to the store and the product's not available, which could be a negative thing associated with the with the ad display unit. To now actually know whether the product's there before I get there. Uh, and that makes sense, right? So I like it. It's kind of like uh, table stakes, if you ask me, right? It should this should happen all the time, right? Yes. This, this kind of real-time inventory should happen all the time and should be just the basis. It's like DNA. It should. So, you know, Jeremy and his whole team at Retailigence, uh, I think this is a great, great uh, partnership, uh, you know, tying this into ad networks like Mohiva. And, uh, yeah, I would expect more of these kind of, uh, you know, sort of ad network have to be. tie-ups. Have so to be. great Very stuff. Cool. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's Mohiva with uh, Retailigence. You know, companies that we speak a lot about, it would seem. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, there, there's that consistency, right, of, you know, there's cer certain companies are constantly, you know, pushing the envelope and doing these deals, uh, you know, and others, you know, we hear from, you know. Very little. Very little, but, yeah. Or when we do, it's not good news. Yeah, or maybe they've gone out of business. Which is usually what happens. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow. All right. Next story is cool. Yeah, so what if I told you, uh, you know, uh, this uh, company that has been known for innovation, uh, maybe little, little known for innovation, but it's, it's become an innovative company. Um, you know, you think about big guys like Apple, you think about Microsoft maybe in mm -hmm. the heyday, maybe you think about some of the new companies like, uh, you know, I don't know, Retailigence. Yep. Um, innovations in their industry. And, uh, but what if I said Tetley? Tetley. Tetley T. Tetley T. Tetley T. What are, you know, what if I said that uh, they created what almost looks like a, uh, what they call a virtual assistant to be able to help you understand how not only to buy tea, but to steep your tea, and understand how to use a little drawstring that allows you to close your tea and pull your tea out of your cup. And they did this all with a display, mm -hmm. a virtual display, that is, is quite literally like a, a hologram. It is. It's really cool. So the, the idea that they're going for here is, is, you know, you go into the grocery store and you see, 
you know these product sampling things all the time, right? Like there's you know a little yeah, a little like table set up, you know, and somebody there's demonstrating some new you know food product, whatever it is, uh, and you know maybe handing you a coupon after the demonstration to go and you know to, to buy it. So this is the same thing. This is you know Tetley tea. Tetley tea. Um, and by the way, this is in Kuwait where of they're doing places. this, uh, of all it's places. Crazy. they got a bunch of stores in Kuwait that are doing this. And so they, they worked with this company called Tensator, uh, yes, Tensator, who basically deployed this kind of kiosk thing with a projector built into it. And so the projector is creating this 3D hologram of the person who would normally, like the real person who would normally be there doing the product, you know. They're replacing with, people with machines, with people. Machines, yes. Uh, and they're doing this stuff. And it's awesome. And it even has, like, like the, the, the kiosk thing has a Bose sound system built into it that's doing the audio, if you can believe this. Uh, but, you know, pretty cool, I think, right? Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I think that, yes, it's very cool, but it's tea, man. It's tea. Like, it's like, how hard can it be to, like, take a tea bag and put it in and steep the tea and pull it out? Like, do you really need all of that technology around that? Is it just not? But no, it's Tetley, it's, man. It's tea. It's the tea of all teas. It's, it's Kuwait. It? Yeah. It's oh my Kuwait. goodness. Yes, it's Kuwait. I think it's 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 uh, maybe a, a, a sign of things to come. And one of the things, that, one of the articles that I read says, you know, and, and plus, that virtual assistant doesn't make a mess. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's nothing to clean up. There's nothing to clean up. There's nothing to clean up. <laughs> nothing to clean up. I All like right. it. I but like from it. one tea story to another. Huh? Yes, so uh, they deserve each other. Retail tea uh, store company Argo uh, Argo Teas, which you know has a bunch of stores all over the place, uh, launched a uh, an interesting campaign that's running I think from now till December the twenty fourth, uh, and this is you know you go you get your tea and if you've had a good experience you can just tweet uh, to Argo Tea and for every tweet that goes into this during this campaign period. A dollar gets donated, you know, to basically uh, tip the barista. So effectively, they're building this pool of money that, based on on, on pe- people's good experiences and, and, and the resulting tweets from that, to um, incent the baristas to be, you know, especially nice. Uh, nice. A buck during, 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 during this nice. period. I don't know if they get a buck for every uh, every tea? every tea. It could be interesting. How many tea drinkers are there versus coffee drinkers? Yeah. A, a lot. Buck. I think there's a lot. Yeah. I think there's a lot. There's enough tea companies out there. So, anyhow, apparently this is all about tea uh, this week. Uh, while location we, while based, we sit here with yeah. our Heinekens. Yeah. Location based yeah. tea. Yes. yes. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Location based yeah. tea. So, the, the big thing here is that you're not paying for that. It's the company that's paying the baristas, yeah. right? So, if you that's have a good right. service with them, and you should actually do this and do it as many times as yeah. you possibly can. So, go can. to Argo Tea. Yeah. Order some tea, and, or don't and even order tea. Just, just, just tweet. Just yeah. tweet. And from where you are right now. Yeah. Just do it. Support your local barista. Now, the one thing I do like about this, before we leave this story, is the name of this campaign is is, is good. They call it Gratuity. Get it? <laughs> I like it. I like it. You like that, don't you? Gratuity. Yeah. Wow. Anyhow. All right. So, <laughs> Gratuity. <laughs> Um, All right, so uh, our sixth story, before we get into some funding stories, uh, Pitney Bowes, um, we, we talk about DMTI all the time and, yep. and, uh, and data and spatial data and uh, normalized data. And, uh, and Twitter has always been, for me, a lot of people don't understand that Twitter has probably one of the largest location database of like, resources, simply mm-hmm. because most, most Twitter posts are, are tagged with, uh, with a location these days. 
But they struck up a relationship with Pitney Bowes. They did. So, I mean, the, you know, th this whole sort of geocoding, uh, you know, reverse lookup, you know, all that kind of space. I mean, you know, there's Pitney Bowes, there's DMTI, there's Esri, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys in this kind of big data space. Old school guys. And I think one of the things with Twitter is, is that when you look at the overall, I mean, like, what is there, 230 something million people Users, on, yeah. on Twitter? But the number of tweets that actually share location is really small. You know, it's less than, I think it's less than 5%. So it's a lot. Globally. But, but it, the but power users yeah. use location. Right? Um, and, and so, you know, what they've done is, is they've struck this deal with Pitney Bowes to basically get access to their geocoding data, and they've licensed it from them so that they can, um, you know, basically have a more precise location sharing, number one, in terms of when you do share location, you know, the actual location that it's coming from is, is precise. So I think that that's part of it, but I think also just to, I think in general we're going to see a lot of, of focus from Twitter in driving location as a feature. It right? has to be, and, and not just from the sharing side of it, but the ad, absolutely, know, the advertising in response to that, right? So I think that's a big piece of this, um, and uh, you know I think this is a good deal for for Pitney Bowes, for Twitter, for 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 the industry in general. Well, I, you know I, I honestly believe I mean what, what's uh, what's Twitter's advertising future unless they take location into consideration? They have to take location yeah. very seriously, um, and not only location then context, so tone of voice around location around the brands, and this is very important for them. Yeah. Now, one thing they did they did go in the in the press release around this to specify is that you know this location sharing on Twitter is all opt in. Yeah. Um, you know they, they don't just push it out there, and then when when you do share that with one click of the button, you know like basically let's say you've been sharing your location on Twitter for you know last year, they've got a, a feature one click you can delete all your location history, like so. You know there it is. No more alibi. No more alibi. Like hate it. Yeah. Right? Like no more hate alibi. It. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what, I, I like that. Twitter has to get a little bit more involved in the location space. Uh, certainly if their ads are going to re remain relevant. They know that their um, brethren at uh, Facebook, their competition at Facebook is doing this uh, with not only Facebook, with Instagram as well. They have to do this. Yeah. They have to. It's a very difficult thing for them if they don't. All right, those are the six main stories. We had uh, Barga Pender come on and uh, be our guest. We had Chuck as our, uh, for our Mobile Minute, of course. And uh, now we're just going to just, I mean, there's so much funding that goes on. And we always, we used to have this section around funding and we thought it was important to bring this a uh, little bit back in because uh, three huge deals, two, well, two, two. small deals yeah. and then one huge deal. Yes. Um, and that's relevant in the location of the marketing space. So uh, why don't you start? So uh, the first one. So the first one is, uh, is Moment Feed. And, and this is a company that uh, we haven't talked about recently on the show, but, you know, uh, you know, one of the early guys around sort of creating the dashboard for measuring location engagement around multi, uh, multi-location brands. So retailers, uh, franchise restaurant chains, all that kind of stuff in terms of understanding the conversation that was happening on individual store by store basis. So basically the radian six, if you will, of location. Yeah. Uh, so one of the players in that venue labs is another one. So moment feed's been kind of pushing that for, for a while and. They came out this week and announced they raised $5.5 million, a Series A for them, led by uh, Signia Venture Partners and, and uh, Draper Nexus, DFJ, all these guys are involved in this deal as well. So I think this is good uh, for, for them, for, the, for, the, for that industry around analytics, location analytics. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so congrats to uh, to Rob Reed and, and, and the rest of the team over there. And I think that that's, uh, you know, it, it shows you that, uh, you know, while we, we talk about uh, the funding stories, we, we all know that the funding is where it begins. It's not really something to celebrate. That's why we kind of took it away. Is that yep. Celebrating the funding is not as good as celebrating success in the company. But uh, but every once in a while you get these companies that, that we've talked about before, um, like Moment Feed and like Estimote. Yes. That that uh, they'd go out and raise some money uh, where we think that these are winning companies. These are companies that are obviously going to dominate or, or have a have a huge say in the way that this market evolves. And so Estimate raised three point one. Three point one, yeah. And so you know one of the guys that are really pushing the beacon discussion right now. Uh, I was privileged, um, you know, about a month ago uh, to sit down with one of the founders in, in San Fran and saw the next generation of the Estimate, which I can't really talk about on the show, but all I can tell you is that it's holy um, crap. It, it is amazing. It blew my mind. Uh, and the potential for, for where they're going and, and sort of the evolution of the beacon space. Uh, Estimate's right there, so $3.1 million to, to back that up. Uh, coming from Eric Schmidt's uh, Innovation Endeavors, uh, Betaworks, Bessemer Venture Partners, uh, also involved in that. So, uh, you know, it, that whole space, the indoor space, the beacon space, you know, we talked about gimbal earlier. We talked about image-based, um, you know, location uh, from the Berkeley thing earlier. Yep. That space is, is crazy hot. Uh, expected to be, uh, based on some of the data that, that we have, uh, $3.7 billion industry indoor location alone uh, by 2016. So, you know, it, it makes sense why they're getting money. It's a big uh, it's a big space, but it's a small investment for something like that. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I always think about this. Like, I like Estimote, but I wonder what, what like, iBeacon and uh, this low-energy Bluetooth revolution that we start to be seeing, what we're seeing right now, what that does to, to those guys, but there is a business here and everybody's fighting for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to remembering that, you know, for all those guys, you know, the hardware is just going to become a commodity, right? It's yeah. really about, you know, that the service, layer, the, the service layer, the software, you know, how do we deliver content yeah. based on that, you know, whatever the beacon is that, yeah. that happens to be there. So, yeah. Well, uh, so 3.1, congratulations to those guys. I still would love to have them on the show. So why have we Yeah, we'll, we'll the get them. We'll get them on the show. Come on. No problem. Uh, last thing, not really uh, location-based, but the impact, I think, is, is huge. Uh, Ottawa-based Shopify, which is uh, where I live, um, raised $100 freaking million. $100 million. So their A, B, A and B rounds were $22 million combined. This is five times that valuation of a billion freaking a billion dollars. dollars. Shopify. Yeah. So they do a $1.5 billion of flow-through. That's Their merchants do $1.5 billion worth of uh, sales a year. They have about 80,000 stores on their platform. Um, they, they were uh, the lead investor. So they, all their investors came back in this, but the big investor this time around was Omers, which is the uh, pension fund, uh, the teacher's pension yeah. fund in, in Canada. Hundred freaking million dollars. So uh, I had always assumed that Shopify would take this twenty-two million dollars, you know, get a valuation about half a million, maybe to three quarters of a million uh, billion dollars, half a billion to three quarters of a billion dollars, and then sell. Uh, I thought that somebody would come in, mm-hmm. like shop, like Yahoo would come in and make some offers, and, and for sure they made offers. Uh, but now it's quite obvious that these guys are going public. That's their that's their driving force here. Is that uh, you got to think so? And let's let's just hope that you know. For as long as possible, it stays in Canada, right? Well, yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. I think that this is amazing. But how, what it has to do with the retail and the location space is that Harley Finkelstein, who is the chief platform officer, talks about this quite extensively. About he's, He created this thing we covered at the Popify, which are pop-up stores yep. with uh, Shopify merchants that come to a location. So these are companies that don't have physical locations except for once a year, twice a year. They just did this in Toronto again um, this past week. But um, what he talks about is that, look, Shopify is no longer an e-commerce platform. We are a commerce platform anywhere, anytime, anyhow. 
And I think that's why it's so relevant to what we're talking about is contextualized, location-based commerce, regardless of where you are, how you do it, mobile, they've got a kiosk, they've got store uh, POS. Uh, He also said something which is, I think is going to ruffle some feathers, but that's exactly what Shopify does. He says, like, the POS guys, like, they're old. Yeah. Like, they're old, antiquated technology. What guys like Square and what guys like Shopify are trying to do is a little bit more updated. And and, and they're doing the right things. I mean, like, they, they went and signed the deal with Singtel. Yep. Uh, you know, they're working we with We talked the, about that last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. But I think that, you know what, uh, the biggest challenge here that, that Shopify has is that I don't. I think that the old POS guys are, are a challenge. They're old. Legacy guys are always old. But but they, maybe they underestimate the, the challenge it's going to take to get people who are existing POS users off of those with inventory management control and payments and ties into their accounting systems to move over to another complete separate platform. So, mm-hmm. And I think that they address that by saying they're going after small and medium-sized businesses. So, uh, but this is, this is an interesting play, and, and uh, maybe Square has ignored them those, that, that, uh, that area, small and medium-sized businesses, so much that, that there is a play here for Shopify. But $100 million freaking dollars? Ottawa-based Shopify. Booyah. Congratulations, awesome. Toby and Harley. That's great. Okay. So those are the funding. Let's finish this off, and then we can go and finish we, this. We, we got a resource. Oh, yes. We got it. Yeah, we got finished the funding. Now we go into the resource, and the resource is not Heineken, but it will be in a second. So <laughs> resource of the week. Yeah, so I came across this, uh, this article this week in Inc. Uh, magazine uh, called How to Cash In on the Wearable Computing Room. Uh, boom, sorry. And uh, I just thought it was good because it, you know, we, we, wearables is hot, you know, we talk about it all the time, but it tends to be focused on, you know, Google Glass and, you know, Fitbit type things. Yep. Uh, And this, this article did a nice little job of kind of just categorizing, you know, some of the, the different areas within wearables. So exercise trackers, life logging devices, brainwave readers, you know, clothes, watches, et cetera. So, you know, it kind of just delineates the, the you know the different categories in there and as you heard Barg talk about earlier you know about sleeping and you know and, and that that aspect around wearables too so so anyways if you're interested in the space I thought it was just a nice little piece very you know short concise article kind of laying out you know the the categories there yeah and they talk about how you're gonna actually how theory how they're gonna make money off of this and and yeah. I think that it's all gonna come down to you know the hardware is not this is a form factor yeah but that service layer on top, as we talk about that same service as, layer. Same as the beacons, it, oh, it all comes down to that. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm going to subscribe to my biometrics at some point. Whatever it might be, there's that service layer that has to be, uh, you know, a residual income every month mm-hmm. or once a year, whatever it might be. But um, right now, the hardware manufacturers are making all the money, uh, but the service layer has to happen on top of that. So, right. uh, where's that going to be? Uh, the LBMA. Yeah, we'll post that up with the LBMA under research. Under research, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very good. That's it. We're done. Our first live show ever. What do you think? Yeah. You know, this is this setup for those of you who are interested is like very simple. We got the, you know, the big mic that was, you know, it's a blue mic. We got a uh, Logitech camera that's on top of a uh, MacBook Air and uh, that is it. And we're in a uh, in the speaker's lounge which got crowded for a little while and then died down so we were able to do this. We threw everybody out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is entirely how this episode was filmed. And uh, if you saw my uh, Instagram post, you'll see that uh, our, the laptop is actually propped up on five, six, six. cans of pop. Yeah. And, uh, and that is it. And if you're wondering, we did the second camera angle on Barg with the iPhone. This very iPhone right here propped up on an inverted uh, bun basket. So we, uh, we managed to do it. There Maybe we'll, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, if we're ever in the same place again. No, we, it'll never we, happen. We pull that off. So, so once every 160 episodes. <laughs> so 320. Something so like that. Dead. Well, maybe at South By we can do a live show. Oh, what do you think? Great. I'd like to actually get a real camera for that. I think we could pull that off. South right. By Southwest. <clears throat> we're gonna, that, that's it. We're going to aim for that for our next live show. 
So please, come out and watch that. Yeah. We had a little bit of an audience this time, and, uh, and we kind of like it. Can't, I li- yeah. you know, I like having people uh, yeah. watch these things. So, yeah. be, we par- will- be part of the studio audience. Yeah, no kidding. Time. Come on now. All right, we will, uh, we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to go, and uh, there's a reception going on, and we're going to go enjoy that. You guys, yeah. we'll see you next week for episode number 161, where we'll be back to normal, back to the old Skype. We will. All right. Yeah. All right. Cheers. See you later. I'm recording now. See how I that pro? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we need the, uh, you know, the. That's uh, exactly what that is. It's a clicker. Yeah, yeah. It's just to synchronize the time with the. With the yep. uh, You ready? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Yeah. Three, two, one.